Today on State Scoop's Priorities Podcast from Scoop News Group, a reflection on 20 years of digital services and a path forward. Welcome to State Scoop's Priorities Podcast. Every Thursday, you'll get insights into the state and local government technology community. You'll hear from top leaders across the state and local world and learn about the latest news and trends ahead for the industry. I'm your host, Jake Williams. Here's what's happening this week. States are continuing to expedite the adoption of cloud computing, according to new research from NASIO. In a new report published in conjunction with Accenture, the association says that more than 88% of respondents are speeding up their cloud adoption, a marked change from the 2021 results that found states were slow on the uptake of cloud computing. The report did find, though, that only 60% of state IT organizations have incorporated cloud into their operations. The Georgia Department of Labor is replacing its four decades old unemployment insurance benefit tax and appeal systems with cloud services. The goal is to transition to a secure online platform over the next two years. The new system is being developed with the help of Tata Consultancy Services and will make it easier for residents to apply for unemployment insurance benefits, check the status of claims, and receive updates. A ransomware attack delayed paychecks for more than 4,500 employees across 14 school districts in Pinal County, Arizona. The attack was discovered September 24th, and staff who had not already processed payroll were required to print physical checks for the staff at the affected districts. The superintendent's office did not specify if any personal data of employees or students had been breached in the attack. You can find these stories and more at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. State CIOs are continuing to push forward digital services growth more than 20 years after the National Association of State CIOs put out their first report on the topic in 2001. In a new report released in advance of the association's annual conference, the association's president says states are, quote, still on a similar path as they were in 2001. Eric Sweden is the program director for enterprise architecture and governance for the association. He, along with Amy Glasscock, NASIO's program director for innovation and emerging issues, tells StateScoop Skylar Rispins about what they expected when they set out to evaluate 20 years of digital services work for state CIOs. Well, we had these uh, meetings with Stephanie Dedman. This is her president's initiative mm-hmm. uh, for this year. And Amy and I were talking with uh, Stephanie and also with Doug Robinson. And, you know, over the years, uh, you know, we've we've had conversations about this kind of thing over and over again. In fact, we've resurrected that report back from 2001. But I would say we anticipated we could document progress. We would generate some new ideas for the future. We plan to uncover what states are doing that's working. What are the success stories? And what we'd like to do in NASIO is share, mimic, reuse. So share with the whole community what's working and share what isn't working. So Amy and I were asking questions like that. There actually were not any real surprises for me. Again, based on our ongoing conversation with state CIOs, our annual state CIO surveys, our top 10 that we publish, our conversations, podcasts, Amy runs podcasts uh, continually, reports that we've run, uh, that all contributed to having an understanding of what is actually happening across the states. Mm -hmm. So a new arrival in emphasis since that earlier report uh, in 2001 is the concept of human-centered design. That is maybe something that we saw as a greater emphasis. And this has grown into a discipline in its own right. 
mm-hmm. and states are developing their capabilities in area, this area. So Yeah. Um, I know, Eric, you were just talking a little bit about um, what might have surprised you from from the report. But Amy, tell me a little bit about um, what the report uncovered over the last 20 years that came as a surprise to you. Yeah. And, you know, I think like Eric, there weren't any major surprises because so much of it, you know, reflected things that we had been talking about. We've been talking about digital government services so much, especially over the last couple of years since the pandemic. So we kind of knew what direction things were going in, but the research definitely gave us some solid evidence about what states were actually doing. And we were able, as a result, to provide some insights and recommendations to share across states. But I will say that something I thought was really interesting, when we were finalizing our 2023 report, and I was going back to look at the 2001 report that NASIO wrote on digital government, I was sort of trying to map out our recommendations to the ones in the 2001 report. And I noticed that there was quite a lot of discussion in the 2001 report about the benefits of digital government saving the government money and all of the benefits of cost savings. And we didn't hear a single person that we interviewed mention cost savings. Hmm. And, you know, I think it's just, it's so obvious in 2023 that we're so far beyond trying to convince anyone that government services should be provided online instead of only in person. Um, so it wasn't even remotely part of the conversation. So that was just sort of an interesting point that I didn't even realize until we were almost done with this year's report. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. Um, you know, digital government has made NASIO's annual list of top 10 priorities each year since 2018. Eric, why do you think that creating citizen-centric um, digital experiences are so important today? Uh, well, again, coming from an enterprise architecture viewpoint, <clears throat> uh, when we think about any project, program management initiative that's delivering capabilities to deliver on mission, key is engaging stakeholders. And Amy and I did a whole report uh, with Dennis Goulet, then president. It was his initiative on business relationship management. And that was all about engaging stakeholders and delivering value. So who is the most important stakeholder regarding state government? Our citizens. So state CIOs put high priority on the perspectives, the needs, and the wants of citizens, the ones who pay the bills. So state government is their government buying for the people. They pay the bill. So we see more and more engaging citizen experience experts in state government through things like we mentioned human-centered design, including journey mapping that pulls the citizen right into the process. They sit right at a computer and they're observed. How do you navigate this? How does, you know, what are you bumping into? When do you give up? You know, and that, that what are the challenges and what could be better? So there's an even greater emphasis on digital government, we saw during the pandemic. States are now in this new world of enhanced digital government. The ramping up during the epidemic really moved states forward fast. And now there's no going back. Definitely. Um, And one of those things um, that you guys spoke about in in the report uh, was encouraging governments to move towards a no wrong door approach. Amy, could you tell me, um, describe what that approach is like and um, why governments should work to embrace it now? Yeah, absolutely. So I'd like to think of an example. Let's say you're a person that really loves to go fishing and you're taking it up a notch and you just bought your first fishing boat and you need to get a license for your boat. 
do you go to Fish and Wildlife or do you go to the Department of Motor Vehicles? And I, when I was thinking of this example, what I thought it was actually ended up being wrong in my state. So citizens really can't automatically know what agency to go to for everything that they may need from the government and shouldn't be expected to. Um, plus the organizational structure in a given state may change from time to time. And it's certainly not going to be 100% consistent from state to state either. So the no wrongdoer idea is based on that understanding and the idea that a citizen can come to any door or website in the government and the government will say, hey, we'll figure this out together. What you need and what you want will ensure that you get connected to the right agencies, people, and services. So it really is just thinking about the citizen first and how to make that experience more seamless for them. Eric, how would you say that improved digital citizen experiences can help accomplish um, the the no no wrong door approach? Well, digital services and digital access to those services is key. So citizens can come into a state government from wherever they are, whenever they want, using whatever device they are most comfortable with. And we, state government, will enable that through appropriate security, identity, credential management, We'll get them where they need to be. But as digital capabilities continue to get better, we anticipate citizens will get more comfortable engaging with state government through digital means. And there are many additional secondary effects that travel with that journey, such as citizens getting more involved with their government. This notion is really a benefit for the citizen. How do they interact? How do they see government? What works best for them? And their comfort level using digital interaction. Definitely. Um, what did the report find to be some of the current challenges standing in the way of state CIOs and their efforts to improve digital government? Um, did any of those findings surprise you, Amy? Sure. Um, you know, we actually have survey survey data on this, not just from this research, because we asked about it in our state CIO survey last year. So in the survey, the top four challenges for state CIOs when it comes to meeting demand for digital services are workforce skills, lack of organizational flexibility, lack of adequate funding and budget to balance the immediate public needs with the future investment, and then data and information quality requirements. And then in our research, we also found some more specific challenges. So one of those being, you know, you'll, you could probably see too, if you work with the government, a lot of states have hundreds of websites all with different look and feel. So there's no common branding. Agency platforms don't integrate and don't share data on a particular citizen. That's another one of those challenges for getting to that no wrong door approach. Um, it's often challenging convincing an agency that they're all part of the same state government. So those silos have existed for a long time and it's hard to break out of them. Um, there's technical debt and workforce capability debt. There may be a desire among some project teams to not slow down their project, to take the time to consider citizen engagement activities. And then there's not, in many cases, any in-house expertise and in user experience and human-centered design. And then, of course, security. As states make things more convenient for citizens, they also are more exposed to opening the door to bad actors. So, um, again, you know, none of those are huge surprises. They line up pretty well with our state CIO survey. But, but it is interesting to hear kind of what's top of mind when we talk to folks. Yeah. And with that in mind, um, what advice can you both offer to CIOs that might be hitting some of those roadblocks? Um, Eric, maybe we could start with you. Well, as uh, Amy stated, you know, uh, one of the important aspects of this entire uh, 
uh, concept is enabling the workforce, so developing the workforce. So they've got the capabilities to actually deliver on this kind of a promise. So that is a challenge. But on the other hand, it can also be a motivator for our state government workforce, bringing new skills, new adventures, new opportunities, particularly relative to human-centered design. So that's that's kind of a two-way uh, street. On the one hand, we need those capabilities. And then on the other hand, gee, how this will enhance your career if you can develop these. We're also looking at advanced capabilities in marketing and communications. We don't do enough of that in state government. But in order to gain adoption, now we said this in our uh, organizational transformation paper as well, is you've got to have the ability to gain adoption of whatever you're trying to do, and that's going to require marketing and communications. So states are really uh, moving toward a more professional view, a, a more professional interaction with stakeholders through marketing and communication, internal and external. Every state employee seeing themselves as a public ser servant, focusing on delivering customer experience outcomes, delivering value for the citizen. And, and as Amy had said, the uh, breaking down of these barriers, there will be an emerging culture. It's already there to some extent, but it will become even greater. So getting everyone on the same page, we're all state government. We're all serving the same constituents. So more collaboration across multiple lines of business within state government, and that's the agencies. Stovepipe delivery becomes less and less as agencies work more and more collaboratively, all focused on delivering value. Sharing data, it's the citizens' data. They own it. Uh, they are entrusting us with it. We're all working toward the same objective, citizen experience, citizen outcomes. Everyone's engaged in this. So one of the important aspects of this is having a roadmap that'll guide efforts, apply meaningful metrics, and then do periodic retrospective evaluations on the roadmap and metri metrics to keep it relevant. Absolutely. Um, Amy, what advice would do you have to offer um, CIOs that might be hitting some of those roadblocks you mentioned earlier? Yeah, well, Eric definitely hit some of the highlights. And, and I'll just sort of wrap that up with mentioning that we had six calls to action in the report. And um, they are as follows. Create an enterprise vision and strategic roadmap engage stakeholders, which includes your citizens, employees, policymakers, and legislators, prioritize cybersecurity, privacy, and identity management, embrace the no wrong door approach, which we've talked about, create, create an, a promotional agenda because you have to let folks know what's available to them or how are they going to find you, and then look toward the future. And that means think about sustainable funding for ongoing projects and then establish metrics to track progress and improvement over time. That's great. Um, you know, now like looking forward to the future, this, um, this report was kind of done reflecting on the last 20 years. Um, what do you hope that state CIOs can accomplish in the next 20 years moving forward? So I think what Amy and I are and Stephanie and Doug, as we look at, you know, the results of our research, I think we're seeing good leverage of the following going forward relationships. It kind of hits on that report we did earlier, uh, Amy and I did earlier with Dennis Goulet, business relationship management. So relationships that are better, closer, more engaged, more frequent, more candid, building trust, uh, not only with the citizens, but also with our employees, uh, trust across uh, agencies working. And that's going to be required in order to work 
effectively in a collaborative environment. Delivering value, we hear that term all the time. Amy and I read that over and over as we were researching business relationship management, deliver value. Delivering services, more engagement, and in the end, everybody wins. Wonderful. Amy, do you have anything else you'd like to, to add to that? Yeah, sure. Um, on just kind of a more specific level, uh, if we're talking 20 years from now, we can be pretty aspirational. So again, embracing that no wrong door approach and not just that, but also perhaps a no wrong level of government. So again, how should the citizen always know whether you're going to your city government, your state government, your federal government for something. So um, maybe you can go to one and they'll help you find the right place or, you know, get you there, get the information that you need for you. And then um, a single sign-on. So you have one login and one email address um, across state government, no matter what agency you're going to. And that's already been established. It's not like you have to go and set that up for every agency that you work with. And then um, of course, in the next 20 years, we hope that state governments will continue to stay engaged with citizens so that there is continual improvement down the road. Amy Glasscock, the Program Director for Innovation and Emerging Issues at NASIO, along with Eric Sweden, the Association's Program Director for Enterprise Architecture and Governance. You can read more about them and their work on digital services at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. Amy also co-hosts NASIO's Voices podcast, which I think makes this a crossover episode. You can subscribe to that show at links in today's show notes as well. You can subscribe to the Priorities Podcast at PrioritiesPodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, be sure to leave a review or a rating on the podcast page. They make it more likely that more people will find the show. This podcast is a production of Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. Adam Butler and Carlin Fisher help put it together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. Until next week, I'm Jake Williams. Thanks for listening.